Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. The best new thing this church could experience right now is a return to many things of the old. Now, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about things that we've been delivered from, things that bound people up. But we have laid some things aside, not just in this church, but in the church in general, that are important to God. There is an assault against the gathering of the people. There is an assault against worship. There are still churches being told they can't worship. And those that are gathering are scared to death. People are still apprehensive to worship God. They're afraid to get around people and worship God. But going beyond that, there are things like prayer. There are things like fasting. Are you hearing me? Things that are in the Bible that nobody talks about anymore. Much to be gained for, for a return to the discarded values of the past. There are many things that you're going to experience in the next coming months and even years. And I'm not talking about in the world. And I'm not talking about in the, the chaos of the world. There's a lot of crap mess. Well, that's like crap mess. I mean mess. There's a lot of mess. My New Year's resolution. I'm not going to say the, the C word anymore. Well, that's a lie. I probably will. Now, New Year's, I will probably say that. Mess. Poo-poo. That the world has for you. Waiting. But I'm not talking about them today. I'm talking about us. There is a move of God coming as such this generation has not seen. We have only read about it and heard about it. There are going to be the miracles that you read about of the Shambach era. Come on, and the Smithworth, uh, Smith Wigglesworth era. I'm telling you, God did not choose them to be the final generation. He chose us. If He could do those kind of miracles back then, why can't He do them now? The difference is we ain't worshiping the way they worshiped back then. We ain't praying the way they prayed back then. We ain't faithful the way they were faithful back then. We got too many distractions, Richard. We got too many things pulling at our eyes and our ears. We're listening to too many voices. We need a move of God. But I want you to know that what you're going to be experiencing in the coming months and years in this house and in your life will seem new to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you declaring that, my God, this is a new move of God. Because every new move of God, really, when you study it, is just a return to something He's already done. He is not changed. He Listen, you think you've seen a miracle stand before an ocean... And watch your pastor raise his hand in the ocean parts. He's been doing amazing things in all the existence of humanity. He's not going to start with your new miracle you got. He's done it for, if he's done it for you, he's probably already done it for millions of other people in the history of time. But the reality is what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with you declaring that it's new for you. Because it is. Just like these chairs, man. Everybody's been talking about these chairs. They look new. They feel new. But they're actually old. 
Some of the chairs you are sitting on that feel brand new are older than some of the people sitting on them. We got these chairs in 2006 and the church that gave them to us used them for at least five or six years. Those chairs are somewhere between 21, 22, maybe even 23 years old. How, how about that? Here's a lesson. Take care of what God gives you. That's why they look so good. Listen to the words of what the Bible calls the wisest man. Solomon. Ecclesiastes. There's some, some stuff in there, y'all, from the wisest man. How many of when you're wise, you're wise to the good things and you're wise to the bad things? And he wrote a lot about the bad things. But listen to this man. Listen to what happens to the wisest man to ever live. What he says about life when he begins to stop appreciating life. Solomon is the wisest man to ever live, but he did not live while he was alive. Part of his life, he was dead while he was still alive. Y'all didn't get it. Some people die before they ever die. Because what is life if you don't enjoy being in it? Are you hearing me? See if this feels familiar to some of you. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9. That which has been is and what will be. That which is done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. Now he's not talking about a new thing called a smartphone. A new thing, a new invention. He's talking about the things that happen to people in life. People have always won things and lost things. People have always been happy and sad. People have always experienced birth and death. Joy and depression. Good days, bad days. In the history of humanity. It has already been in ancient times before us. So it seems like, why you want to talk about new? There's nothing new. Well, that's the wisest man to ever live. Let's also hear from probably next to Elijah the most powerful and well-known prophet in history, and some may even argue more well-known in the prophecy of the Messianic prophecies than even Elijah, Isaiah. Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18, Do not remember the former things. Don't even consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostrich, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. Hallelujah. 
He didn't say the things of the old didn't happen. They happened. But you got, you can't live there. Oh, I wish I had a church. You can't live in what was done to you and said to you. It will overtake you. And you will miss things. Get so caught up in working. Get so caught up in doing the things that you think you've got to do that you miss the little things. I've told this time and time again. I'm as guilty as anybody. Saying I started this church, planting a church, one of the hardest things in the world to do, especially when you don't have any friends and no pastors, no connection, no denomination. We had to do everything. And I was working all the time, and I was working, working, working. And my daughter's just pulling at me, pulling at me, pulling at me, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I'm sitting there working in my office, daddy, daddy, daddy. Till finally I said, what do you want? She said, I just want you to play with me for a minute. I'm telling you, I felt about that tall. Because I was living life, but I wasn't living life. I wasn't realizing that James said life is but a vapor. It appears for a moment, vanishes away. The next thing I know, I blinked my eyes. And they were both grown. And they were gone. But the things that I did and the things that I didn't do was in them. Now I have to live with the regrets. How many of those don't change what I didn't do? It don't change where I failed because in a lot of ways as a father, I failed miserably. A lot of ways. Probably in certain seasons of my life, I failed a whole lot more than I succeeded. But I can't live that. I can't spend the rest of my life beating myself up for something I did 20 years ago. Behold, I do a new thing. There's a river in the desert. Come on, somebody. There's a, there's a highway in the wilderness. Are y'all hearing me? God, we may be in the desert. You may be slap dab in the middle of the driest desert you've ever been in your life. But God said, I'll put a river in there for you. If you'll praise me, give me a new praise, a new dance, a new shout. Well, I just don't feel God the way I used to feel God. You ain't supposed to. Trying to feel God the way you used to. You ain't that person anymore. You need to feel God the way you need to feel God now. Quit trying to go back to something you lost. Get something you ain't never got. I wish I had a church that was ready for God to finally do something big in their life. <laughs> Some may think this is a contradiction. There's nothing new under the sun. There ain't nothing new been done, ain't never been done before. Don't consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. It's not a contradiction. The wisest man to ever live when he wrote that, he wrote that in a place of, un, of, of, of an unappreciative heart. Quite frankly, just because you're wise don't mean... In the natural and in the mind don't mean you're wise in the Lord. Let me just be something, tell you something real about Solomon. Everybody thinks Solomon was the wisest man to ever live, that he was, that he had a great testimony. Solomon did not have a great testimony. Because he got so full of his own knowledge, he began to think that he could make his own decision above what God told him to do. 
He said the one, the one thing he told him not to do, he ended up doing. He said, don't you marry anybody outside of your belief system. He went out and married like a thousand wives, something like that. Ladies, with all due respect, that right there shows that man didn't have no sense. He might, he might, he might, he might have, he might have been the wisest man to ever live. But I'm gonna tell you something right now. I got to question your wisdom. Ladies, I appreciate you and y'all know I love my wife, but no, no disrespect, baby. I mean, you're one of a kind, but if I had to, well, I'm just gonna move on. I was about to say, I was about to say, if I had to live with 10 Sandy Ragland, What in the world would it be like with a thousand? She said, that's all right, baby. Ain't no worries because I'm one of a kind. That's right. But he made some pretty bad decisions. You may be intelligent, but still be stupid. Stupid is as stupid does. See, I am challenging you. I'm putting a mandate. I'm issuing a mandate. Oh, Lord. Do you really want me to say that? Okay. I'm issuing a mandate. Just like the ones that's issuing mandates out there ain't got no authority to do it. I ain't really got no authority to do it either. What I mean by that is this. A mandate by the ones that think they got the authority to do it is really the only power they got is a suggestion. You choose whether you're going to really abide by the mandate or not. So I ain't got no authority in your life to tell you what to do any moment of your life. By the way, I don't want that. It's hard enough for me to do my own life. I don't want to do your life. But as a pastor, I can put a challenge on you. I can give you a mandate for 2022. Now, I don't really have physical authority in your family, in your life to make sure you carry it out. Ain't nobody going to make sure you, you show your uh, solid rock mandate card when you come in. Ain't nobody going to put a chip inside your skin and scan you. Well, yeah, he's good. Come on in. No, it ain't that kind of mandate. But here's what I want to tell you. It's the same mandate that every man and woman of God has been given since the upper room in Pentecost. I want to challenge you to rise up in your faith. I'm going to give you a mandate to, to get a new faith and a new fight and a new focus. Somebody shout faith, fight, focus. Let me tell you what's happening in our world right now. What is really under attack is our faith. Because when we lose our faith, we don't fight for what we believe in. And when we quit the fight, we lose our focus on what really matters. They are trying to adjust our faith. To put our faith in man. Instead of God. I love my doctor. I love the experts in my life. But I'm going to tell you something. There ain't no man or no woman. I'm ever going to put the amount of faith in their words. That I put 
in this word. I'm either, I'm either a believer or I'm not. I'm either a child of God or I'm not. I'm either one of them Christians that believe the Bible is true or I'm one of them so-called Christians that believe well, some of it's true and some of it can be taken literal and some of it can't be taken literal and we got to just look at this and look at that and we got to reason this and reason that. Look, I'm all about reason. I'm all about not checking your brain at the door. I think you ought to use your brain, use your intelligence, but I'm going to tell you something. Call me crazy. Call me coo- uh, loony. Call me whatever you want to call me. But here's the bottom line. I just happen to believe that if God's Word said it, it's the truth. I just happen to believe that if God said He's going to do it, He's going to do it. I don't care what it looks like out there in the world. If God says in the last days, I pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. If God said that's coming, I believe it's still coming. You believe what you want to believe. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about me. You do you and I'll do me, baby. We need a new faith. I'll tell you what we really need. We don't just need a new faith. We need a new now faith. Oh, you see them celebrities online, they'll be like, what, what got you through the, that time when your record deal didn't go through? Oh, it's so tragic. Well, I tell you what, I just always rely on my faith. Rely on my faith. Then we'll get out there and F this and F that and gyrate and jiggle and come on, y'all hear me. But they, but they got, but I'll tell you the most important thing in my life is my faith. Why? What you got faith in? You can have faith in uh, a tree. Some people worship a tree. You have faith in anything. We ain't talking about just having faith in something. We're talking about having faith in God. And I'm not talking about having faith in the God that's the universe. I'm not talking about a God that's, that's nature. I'm not talking about Mother Earth. I ain't, can I be real with you? It might get me banned. I ain't talking about Buddha. I ain't talking about Allah. I ain't talking about Krishna. I'm talking about the one that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except by me. Let me just tell you, it might hurt your feelings, but I'm talking about you better have faith in Jesus because all those other things ain't going to make it. Somebody shout, preach on preacher. Now faith. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Shout about Kota. That's called the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all didn't know what that was. He's pushing me. I feel him pushing me in the back saying, go boy. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Let me just tell you something right now. There's a lot of things we can see that's going on around us that's trying to attack our faith. But there's some stuff going on you can't see. That's what you need to see. You put your faith in man, you'll just see what man is doing. But you get a now faith? (laughs) Oh, you'll get evidence of things that nobody else can see. You'll see one thing on the news, but you'll see another thing in your spirit, man. Come on. You'll walk through Walmart and everybody else will see people, but you'll see souls dying and going to hell. You'll see a whole different perspective on the world when you walk in a now faith. My daddy, am I preaching right? For by it, for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. 
My God, you want a good testimony? You need some now faith. And let me just tell you something. We, you don't just need now faith for yourself. You need now faith for those that ain't where you are that are watching you. Because they're saying if they can't worship God, how in the world am I ever going to worship God? If they can't make it through, how in the world am I going to make it through? Get it. By faith, we understand that the world's were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not, were not made of things which are visible. There is more going on than you can see with your natural eyes. If your pastor don't preach on spiritual warfare, you need a new pastor. If your pastor don't preach that demons can be cast out and that demons can torment and they need to be cast out, you need a new pastor. If your pastor in your church is not preaching that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, you might need a new church or a new pastor. Because if there's ever been a time we need pastors to tell less cute stories and more preaching of the Word of God, it is now. We need a now faith. We don't need a yesterday faith. Can I tell you something? We don't need a 2021 faith. We don't, oh, well, I don't want no 21 faith. I don't want no 20 faith. I only want a part of 19 faith. I only go back to things that were in 2018. Your faith in 2018 stunk. That's why you went through the hell you went through in 19 and 20, because you wasn't strong enough to handle, and you made decisions you would have never made if your faith in 2018 should have been what it was. Me too. I'm preaching to myself. We need a 2022 faith. In fact, we need a January 2nd, 2022, 11.33 a.m. faith. We need a now faith. We don't need a faith when we get home faith. We don't need a faith when we when we get out of church and we get in our little prayer circle faith. We don't need to get on our Facebook group and, and tell each other how much we love them faith. Well, all that stuff is good. We need a faith right now. Because I'm going to tell you, you're going to face some things your Facebook group can't help you with. You're going to face some things. Oh, my God. I, I got news for you. You're going to face some things that the love of your life can't help you with. You're going to face some things your husband can't help you with. Your wife can't help you with. Your kids can't help you with. Your pastor can't help you with. I'm going to tell you, going to be sometime you're going to be standing between God and it's just going to be you, the devil and God. And you better have a now faith. You better be able to have a word in you. You better be able to face that. God, I feel the Holy Ghost on a Sunday morning in 2022. Now faith helps you understand what's going on in the world. You need to understand what is happening. You are asleep at the wheel. Some of y'all done gave Jesus the wheel of Jesus looking at you going, I'm getting, you need to take it back. Try and get me drive your car. I gave you the wheel of Genesis 126. I gave you dominion. 
You don't get to throw your hands up and say, Jesus, take the wheel, even though that's a good song. The wheel is in your hands. The way you turn is up to you. It ain't God going to turn that car. You waiting on God, God waiting on you. Remember, he said, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. Give and it shall be given. He's waiting on you to come. Where's your faith? You need to understand what is happening around you. Without faith, you will not understand. Without faith, you will be blinded. Without faith, you will be asleep. Now faith allows us to see the unseen. Now faith makes the invisible visible. We need the church. We need the leaders. We need the elders of the church to open their eyes and dream again. Dream again. The things that God has promised you, He is not a man that He should lie. Dream again. When you die and you breathe your last breath, there ain't no more chance to breathe. To dream, I should say. It's over. Let me tell you something about when it says your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Visions is a right now fresh thing. Thank God for that. Dreaming is, when you look at it and read it in context, it shows that the old men, the old women, will dream of things that they thought were gone forever, that they begin to cry out to God, bring them back. They're dreaming again. Can I get an amen? In the last days, when He's pouring out your spirit, it will cause the old people to think that God is done with them because they're too old to dream again. Come on, somebody. To realize if there's breath in my body, God's not through with me. I might not be able to walk like I used to walk. I might not be able to dance like I used to dance. I might get down on my knees and I can't get back up. Praise God. Whatever it is, whatever it is in the natural, if you're breathing, God said dream again. We need a new faith. But we also need some people to get a new fight. We need some folks that's not afraid to get a new fight about them. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says this. Be sober. That means wake up. Be aware. Be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil is walking around like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You're not the only one facing that devil. I like to watch National Geographic. One of my favorite things. One year I was in Kenya, one of the few many years I was in Kenya. I just happened to be there in what one of the what they called one of the seven modern wonders of the world. And that's the migration of the animals. What do they call them things? The wildebeest, the migration of those wildebeest from Kenya to Tanzania. Tens of millions of them. It's just within them. They just know. They just know that it's time to move. Now watch this. And it's such a big deal. It's like the Super Bowl over there. They have reporters standing out. I was in my hotel room between services watching it. And they're like, hello everybody, this is, this is Larry. I'm reporting live from, from the, from the wilderness. <laughs> Behind me right now, you can hear them dust bowl. The wildebeest are moving. I mean, people, people pay millions of dollars to sit up in these high rise hotels that overlook these wildebeests. 
It's it's incredible. But what's so powerful is all around those millions and millions of wildebeest in their just their instincts following each other in the track that they go every year, creeping around the sides of the lions and the hyenas. They follow them every year. It's like a golden corral buffet. Come on, somebody. It is like for a lion, you don't get no better than this. I remember the first time I walked in Golden Corral and I saw a chocolate fudge fountain. I was like, is there anything too hard for God? And then they shut it down. They will answer to God for that. But I'm going to tell you something about those lions. They don't just leap towards the crowd. They wait for one of them to get confused. To maybe get injured, get confused, or get so full of themselves that they think, why we always got to go the same way? My mama told me that in order to go this way, we got to cross that river. We got to cross this. I'm looking over here in the wilderness. Ain't nobody going that way. And I don't see no lions. I don't see no hyenas. I don't see no mountains I got to climb. I'm just going to show them. And he just... And you watch it. You watch it on TV. You watch it. He gets out, he takes off running. He's so full of himself, he's so proud. He's like, you bunch of idiots. He's just going. He's just like, he's out there. All of a sudden, them helicopters flying over. And they're like, oh, Lord, we got a loose one. We got a loose one. Because they know what's about to happen. They turn away from the crowd and they follow that one. Because it makes for a good TV show because they know what's about to happen. Without fail, every single time. That one decides to do it their own way. The lions adjust their plan as well. Hey, we'll come back to them. Let's go. And they seek. And they wait. And then they pounce. And all of a sudden, it's hard to look at sometimes. But you see them just ripping the flesh. Some of them, while they're still alive, they're crying out and screaming. And and if if this is a spiritual principle... I'm telling you what, I've I've watched people decide to do their own thing, be so full of themselves in pride and be devoured. It's like watching the walking dead or something. They're they're just being literally devoured by zombies and they're still alive. And they're just looking at each other going, it's okay, it's okay, I'm okay. It's going to be okay. And everybody's standing around going, you're not okay. You're not seeing what we're seeing. I know you think you're okay. And I I know you think you can get yourself out of anything. My God, am I preaching right? That devil is looking for the weakest link. That devil is looking for the lone person that don't want to follow what God is doing with the brothers and sisters. 
I've also seen them lions on them shows just get so hungry. They jump into the pack, start trying to just get everything they can. And I'm telling you, wildebeest who ain't got no sharp teeth, who ain't got no tactics of warfare, they all kick into fight mode. And I'm talking about they start pouncing, they start kicking, they start jerking. They start, you'll see that lion's head. Poo, poo, poo. He's just hitting. He's going, rah. He's going back. He said, y'all don't know who I am. I'm a lion. Ha. You're a wildebeest. You're a buffet. And they go, I'm, you know what they do? They, there's something in their instinct saying, if I don't make it, if I don't even make it, I'm not going to let him stop what God is doing. I'm not going to let him stop the track. If I got to sacrifice myself for my brothers, are you hearing me? I'm going to fight to the end so that God can do for my God. I feel the Holy Ghost. And eventually that line just gets tired and backs off. It ain't about you. A good soldier knows it ain't ever about him. Second Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Listen to me. Our weapons pull down strongholds. Our weapons cast down arguments. Our weapons bring down anything exalted itself above God. Our weapons bring our thoughts into captivity. Notice that it says our weapons are not according to the flesh. Your boss is not your enemy. Your pastor is not your enemy. Your spouse is not your enemy. We have an enemy. He is the slewfoot. He is the devil and his demons. You're never going to win the fight by lashing out as, as, at one of God's creations. You're going to have to get, you're going to have to learn who you are really fighting. And many of you, the one you're fighting is yourself. And here's what he said. If you'll stop it, you would watch what happens when you put on the arm of God. Those strongholds that's got you, they get pulled down. The arguments that you're always in ceases. Casting down means stopping the arguing and the bickering. You ever got in a fight with your spouse? And you're in, the, you're in the throes of the fight and you don't even realize why you're fighting. And you realize you backtracked and it was the stupidest thing. Might be over the remote. My God, you always got the remote. Take the remote. No, you take the remote. Well, won't you just take the remote? You're so full of yourself. You just think you're the God of this house. You might as well sit on your throne with your scepter. Oh, don't you come back at me. Uh-huh, you you coming in here barking, throwing things all the time. Next thing you know, you're actually throwing things. I hate you, I want a divorce. Get in the back room, start calming down, you'll be like, oh my God, I don't want a divorce. You go back in, baby, I'm sorry, baby, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, baby. No, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. And then you realize, oh my God, this started because I asked for the remote. We we need to open our eyes to see how the devil works. 
casting down arguments. Anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Okay. Hurry up. We need a new faith. We need a new fight. I'm going to tell you something right now. We need desperately a new focus. We have lost focus. Some of y'all wear contacts like me. Some of y'all wear glasses. And you've had the same prescription for so long. You're now back to where you were before you ever got the glasses and, 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 and contacts. You've now accepted that the way you see things now is the way you're supposed to see them. And you think everybody else sees the same way you see until you finally make yourself go to the eye doctor. And they start with your prescription. And you say, okay, yeah, I see it. That's, that's, that's normal. And then they start adjusting again. And you realize, oh, my Lord, there is a world out there that I have not been able to see. You need a focus adjustment. You ever used a camera? A good camera. I'm talking about a nice camera. It still has to have focus. And you zoom in on something, and this is a $1,000 camera, $5,000 camera. You zoom all the way in, and you realize, uh oh, wait a minute. You gotta turn that knob, and then all of a sudden, there's a spot where it pops. Camera didn't move. You didn't move. Only thing that changed was the focus. You need a focus adjustment. Can I get an amen? Romans chapter 8 verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds, listen to this, on the things of the flesh. Will that preach today? Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. In other words, they get up every day setting their mind on the things of the flesh. They have said everything I'm going to say, do, and how I react to my day is going to be according to the flesh because I have set my mind to it because I am led by it. But those who live according to the Spirit, they focus and set their minds on the things of the Spirit. This is what it says. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are of the flesh cannot please God. Faith will empower you to fight. But you can't fight if you can't see the enemy. How can you fight with faith? How can you fight with, with, without focus? If you live according to the flesh, you'll only see the things of the flesh. The things of the flesh are rampant right now. Things of the flesh. There has, we've never seen. You may, you may say, well, but you don't know. You're not old as me. You, you have, no, no, no. Let me just tell you something. You've never seen a people in your country as afraid as they are right now. I'm telling you, I don't care who was president. I don't care who was president. You might have been afraid personally, but you have never seen a corporate number of people. On both sides of political aisles, of all races and all nationalities, gripped in fear like you see right now.
they are being led by the flesh. You know, there's a difference between fear and concern, fear and wisdom. I'm not talking about people making smart decisions for their family. I'm talking about people who get up every day afraid, go to bed afraid, and will not allow God to bring that thought into captivity. There is a root that is being exposed. See, for, for years, for most of our lives, things were hidden. Things were subtly said in songs. There was just a little thing in a movie that you might not catch. There were certain, I hate to put it this way, certain sins that you just didn't see on display. Not because they were not there, but because there was, there was a respect, and call it what you want to, even a, a fear in the natural realm that we can't do that or we're not going to make any money because the Christians of this nation will not stand for this. But little by little by little, the Christians lowered their standards. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There is nothing hidden anymore. Am I right? The enemy feels completely empowered to put in front of you and your children anything that they want to put in front of your children. And it's a direct correlation of the number of kids that they now see in surveys are saying that they identify as this, this, and this. And it's not because you... I know there's always been people that's always struggled with, with identity and all these kind of things. But many of these children are feeling the sense to do this because of, of exterior things in their life that are going on. And this is a good way for me to be accepted. This is a good way for me. And let me just tell you, they're being molded in things that they really are not. And the church is standing back in this, under the guise of being loving and caring. They've lost their fight. Can I tell you something? They've lost their focus. I'm not going to beat up anybody. I don't care what you're struggling with, whatever your sexuality is, what, who, who you're married to. I'm telling you what, you can, be, you can be a woman married to a woman, a man married to a man. You can be a man who says he's a woman, all this kind of stuff. Gospel is for you. Okay? We're, we're going we're gonna to welcome you. We're going to love you. But I'm going to tell you something. At the same time, I'm not going to lose my focus on what God's Word said about the family. And I'm not going to lose my focus on what God's Word said about who we're supposed to be. Do you want a church that suggested their focus to look at things the way the world looks at it, I empower you to find another pastor, another church. But I'm going to tell you, in this church, we're going to love people, we're going to care for people, and we are going to stay focused on what God has called us to do. And we're going to tell you that no matter what you're struggling with, you'll let the Holy Spirit convict you, and you're ready, and you're ready to be free from whatever the sin is, whatever it is. You're in a church that's going to believe God for your deliverance. We are focused. We are ready to fight the devil. And we are a people of faith. Can we give the Lord a praise right now? Hallelujah. Father, right now, as every man and woman is in this place today, I pray, God, that you would begin to move upon their hearts on this first Sunday of a brand new year. Let there be a faith that begins to build, a now faith that begins to rise. That they 
no longer disqualify themselves by things they've said or done, but that they understand their faith has nothing to do with that. Their faith is in the Word of God. We stand on the Word of God. We, God has said that we are blessed going in, blessed coming out. We claim that over our lives. God, let that faith rise right now all of this house. Just pray, just pray, just pray. I'm going to take a few seconds. I'm going to take a few seconds. God is raising faith. I can feel it. I can feel faith raising. Now, God, in the name of Jesus, as faith is rising, God, let there be a spiritual anointing to fight. Let that fight come back in them. Let them, Lord, let there be a fight for their marriage, a fight for their children, a fight for their finances, a fight for their nation, a fight for the things of God. Let the soldiers in them arise. Let the kingdom army arise. Let the remnant rise. Let the remnant army rise. Let the remnant army rise. Lord, open their eyes of the Spirit. Let them focus, God, on the things that are ahead, not the things which are behind. Oh, in the name of Jesus, let the remnant rise. Church, I challenge you to stand up on your feet, raise your hands in victory, and begin to call things out over your family. Call things out over your life. Call things out. Come on. Speak them over your life. Speak them over your life. Don't live another day in that darkness. Don't live another day in that cave. In the name of Jesus, God has called you out. Get up. Get up. Get up. Remnant. 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 Remnant rise. Remnant rise. Remnant rise. You have come to this kingdom for such a time as this. God needs us to focus. God needs us to see things the way they really are. In the name of Jesus. The biggest obstacle to us seeing things the way we need to see them is sin. Sin will stand between us as a wall. Condemnation is another one that will stand between us and what God wants us to focus on. Self-judgment. It's time to tear those walls down. If you are here today and there is sin in your life that keeps creeping up, creeping up, creeping up and has been a wall between you and following God, or if you feel such condemnation over your life, you could never, ever, ever believe that God could use you because of what you've done or said. But, you, but right now in your spirit, something's telling you in your spirit, that's a lie. That's a lie. God wants to restart. God wants to do something new in your life. If you're either one of them, I'm going to ask you to come to this altar. You've got plenty of room. You've got plenty of room in this big old altar. I'm going to ask you to come find you a place. You want to stand, you want to kneel, whatever. I just want you to find a place between you and God. You and God, you and God, you and God. Tear down that wall. 22 and beyond. Don't let nothing stand between you and God. Come on. Just find you a place. Just find you a place. I'm going to pray for you in a minute, but you start praying for yourself. You start praying for yourself. You just start talking to God. You ain't got to be fluent. You ain't got to sound proper. Just talk to God the way you talk to your friend. Talk to God the way you talk to anybody else. Just begin to speak it out of your mind. There's power, life, and death is in your tongue. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else on this first Sunday of the year? It's first Sunday of 22. Hallelujah, they're still coming. My God, I love this church. I love my church. I love my church. You may be a leader. You may be in church 30, 40, 50 years. But you're dead. You're dry. Come. Come. Come drink some fresh water. <laughs> come get renewed. 
Leave here today feeling young again. Leave here today feeling renewed again. Is there anybody else? I'm going to hold for just a few seconds. I just feel like there's, there's just somebody else. I'm not one of them preachers going to try to work your emotions right now. But I just really do feel like there's somebody. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad that God is patient? And He's kind. He's loving. He'll wait on us. He'll wait on us. He'll wait on us. Thank you, Lord. Believers, brothers and sisters of God, will you stretch your hands this way? Father God, these men and women that are standing here have come forward because of things that only you and them know. Battles of the mind, things of their past, condemnation, guilt, shame, sin. They stand before you right now in the presence of God, in the presence of their brothers and sisters, declaring, I don't want to live another day like this. Today, the walls are coming down. Today, I speak over their lives. The past no longer defines their current, their present, or their future. They are mighty, they are anointed, and they are chosen. Those that are up here and the rest of the church, you help them. Come on, let's do it right on the first Sunday. Let's set a precedent that we will always be a church. When people come, no matter who they are, they will feel loved, they will feel welcomed, and they will know that they are not alone. Church, let's pray it out loud with them. Those that are up here, say it. Jesus, here I am. Say it, church. Here I am. I'm broken. And I need you in my life. Jesus. Forgive me of all my sins and everything I've said and done. Help me, God, to once again see myself the way you see me. I am not disqualified. I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I have a purpose. I have a destiny. I have a calling. And I am not defined by what I've done or what's been done to me. I am a soldier. I am a part of the remnant. And I will have faith. I will fight. And I will be focused on my duties and my call from God. In Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Those that are standing behind them, tell them how proud you are of them. Tell them your name if they don't know your name. Tell them your name. Tell somebody your name. Tell them. Tell them they're not alone. Tell them they're not alone. Tell them they're not alone. This is the family of God. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Just
stay for just one second, just one second, and we'll let you go. God, as we go forth today, we pray for our church family. We pray against sickness. We pray a hedge of protection around our homes and our families. Just as Aaron stood between the living and the dead as the plague was ravaging God's people and said, stop it, that's enough. We declare that the people of God will stand against this virus in 2022. We will stand between the living and the dead, stand between the sick and the unsick. And we will have a faith that will stand against this and will stop it. We will rebuke this disease and it will bow to the name of Jesus. God, no matter what anybody has planned, behind the scenes and agendas, we declare the remnant will rise and we'll stop this thing this year. We declare it is over. And God will do it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now before anybody judges me as you leave. I'm not saying in the natural it's over. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. At some point. The people of God have got to say. Stop it. That's enough. And the Bible says we can call those things that are not as though they were. So I declare this nation is healed. I declare this nation is unified. And I declare that we are in revival. God bless you. Happy New Year!